Welcome to Peaceside, the podcast of the 2018 Commonwealth Cadet and Junior Fencing Championships in Newcastle. I'm Sean Walton. And I'm Karen Bashir. So here we are in uh, at day four of the championships, the final day of cadet action with the uh, last three cadet team events. And uh, again, sadly, I'm, I'm still in Edinburgh, but I will be heading to Newcastle shortly. So I'm almost entirely reliant on you, Kareem, to tell me what's been going on today. Oh, not a problem. Another brilliant day. Uh, here in uh, Newcastle, it started with uh, well, the first uh, match to finish or discipline to finish was the men's epe, um, and uh, another historical day uh, for India. They uh, took out Canada uh, 45-23 uh, sorry, in the semi-finals uh, and faced up against England in the gold medal match. And Eng- England had a tight one actually against uh, Scotland in their semi-final, uh, just edged through in the end, thirty-seven. 37- 33 uh, and Scotland in fact went on to uh, beat Canada by just a single point in the uh, bronze medal match so it set things up for a, a great final yeah. I did uh, get a bit of a report England on the, India on the on the bronze medal match apparently Scotland down 44 42 in the final leg and uh, Isaac McCair who had a pr- pretty good day in the individual as well managed to managed to drag it back and take the win in the in extra minute so um good news there from the from my from my home team Yes, they, they, to be fair, they fenced really, really well throughout the day, and um, and it was a, a superb finish to to bronze medal. Good stuff. So on, on to the final. So let's hear about this uh, historic Indian win because uh, I mean we were pretty excited about uh, the uh, the Indian guy that won the individual event, and he you know he did look very, very good. And I, yeah. you know we did sort of wonder, or certainly I wondered anyway, uh, how well he would he would lead his lead his compatriots in the team event. But it was it was a phenomenal performance from them, and you know the English team uh, boasts some pretty handy fences. Uh, Jacob Forsham, uh, Luke Mason, uh, and Benjamin Andrews. Uh, there's two medals from the individuals in that team, with Stephen McPherson in as the uh, as the reserve. So a strong team. But what was impressive about the Indians is that all very different fences. But a great footwork, uh, brilliant, um, uh, brilliant change of direction, and they all uh, picked up Chantemol's lead on on the flash. The flash was just a, a really big feature I- in the final, and uh, Chingakam and uh, Nimala were at least as good as uh, Chantemol. In fact, Chingakam was the the anchor fencer for the Indians, but they fenced solidly through the first three fights. Uh, got a five-hit lead, which they held on to after six. And then they kind of broke uh, England in the seventh leg. And from there, they just stormed to victory. A good a good outing from Benjamin Andrews in the last leg to try and close the gap. But he went in 40-29 down, and the writing was on the wall. So uh, India made history with Shantamal getting their first ever individual gold, the first gold India had ever won at Commonwealth Championships. And now they've got their first team gold here in Newcastle. And I tell you, I spoke to the team afterwards and they were buoyant they were absolutely cocky they were so happy and very very deserving winners yeah no it's uh it has been you know something really noticeable the, the success of the the indian fencers generally and and in in men's epi looking particularly strong It'd be interesting to see how they go in the in the juniors now as well if they can if they have the same depth at the at the older age group but that's uh that sounds a great performance and i'm, I'm really sorry that i missed it and I'd re- do, you know, do you know what the most impressive thing was that if you look back four years ago the key the key difference is the footwork they are absolutely so it's a different world a different class of footwork from four years ago and and the other thing about it, i 
chatting with them, I said, how did you do this? You know, how did you, how have you transformed this team from, um, you know, what would be, you'd be fairly comfortable if you were from what's only one of the home nations, Australia or Canada, if you drew an Indian fencer four years ago, and you'd be confident of going through. And now it's completely the other way around. You don't want an Indian fencer. And yeah. they, what they told me was all the guys, they, they're completely self-motivated and they all took a, a, a trick from um, the Koreans and started watching every single YouTube video they could find on fencing. And yeah. that is how they've developed their fencing from, from basically from what's being provided by the FIE and others, World Cups, uh, uh, doing their own live stream. Uh, and they've they've picked the best bits and said, let's train those. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, YouTube is a tremendous resource, and I do know fencers who have who have done largely the same thing, who have uh, watched watched the highest level fencing that they could find on YouTube and said, well, I want to be like that, and this is what I'm going to do to become like that. And it's and it and it's uh, certainly um, a new training uh, tool, uh, for, especially for those nations that uh, perhaps haven't got the uh, the historical success. Uh, but uh, India now. Uh, you know, they've whatever happens in the juniors, they've had a tremendous tournament here, and I suspect we might well see more uh, in the in the junior event. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. So, what what else do we have today? So, we've moved on from that uh, thrilling uh, match onto uh, the women's team foil. Uh, the semi-finals saw Australia. Um, how does one put this? Um, they 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 were dominant. Forty five twelve. They beat Malaysia. Yeah, that's that's very um, painful. Yeah, that was um, a hard one to watch for the Malaysians. Um, and, and at complete contrast, the other one saw uh, England beat New Zealand, and this was really close. Forty five forty four. It was a phenomenal. Uh, match at the end um, perhaps the quality of fencing wasn't quite there because of the nerves um, but uh, in the end England snuck across the line New Zealand went on to win the bronze medal uh, beating Malaysia 45-31 so we saw the Aussies in uh, fine form in the crowd and uh, even better form on the piece um, and I said in commentary that the performance the Australians put in mirrored very much what the English men's team did yesterday because they they, they put in a professional measured approach through the first three fights. Uh, Tianji uh, Lukins, who was the individual gold medalist, lined up with Crystal Jessup and Georgia Salmas um, and took on uh, Bron Granville, Amy Home, Becky Kerwin, and uh, Phoebe Newton-Hughes uh, was the reserve for the English. Australia didn't have a reserve. They only brought oh, three women's cadets. So, yeah. No, no so, injuries, please. No uh, disastrous loss of form. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's a risk. But uh, I was talking to Dave Baker, the Australian referee who actually resides in London, uh, and he said it's just a money thing. It's yeah. just, just cash. You can't, uh, you know, there are there could have been a fourth fencer and a fifth fencer because, of course, the, the teams here are allowed to have five. Yeah. Um, but it's just cash. It's just pure cash uh, and, and not the best time of the year for the Australians. They're still uh, in school. So there's also that element uh, that uh, – so, so not weaken their team, but just to reduce the numbers. Mm. Uh, but the performance was solid. Uh, they were uh, they were professionals through the first three. In fact, England led after three, 15-14. Uh, and then they just started to open the taps a little bit through the seconds and ended up leading 30-25. Uh, and it, it was a little bit closer than perhaps they were thinking it would be but they kind of took over from there and they were in control um and jessup salmas and lukins finished uh, england off with a 45 38 uh, victory all looking very good uh, very much uh, uh, you can see the masialis coaching in, in 
Tianji Lukens, even more so, I'd say, than the individual. A lot of these closing counterattacks with the body twisting away from uh, the uh, opponent's attack. Uh, uh, but I have to say, look, I think the British girls all fenced really well. But they brought on Phoebe Newton-Hughes for Becky Kerwin uh, in the fifth leg. And very tough for her. She's um, at the tail end of a bout of glandular fever. Right. So that's that's not easy, um, uh, especially with such a sort of physically demanding sport like fencing. Uh, but I'll tell you what, she's got some really promising footwork. I was really impressed. It's the first time I've seen um, uh, Phoebe Newton-Hughes up close, uh, you know, seeing watching from, you know, the, the position we're in, it's sort of five metres, six metres away from the finals piece. And she's got very, very light feet, very dancey toes. And I had a little chat with her afterwards and I said, you, if you can get uh, a bit more explosion in your, in your lunge, you're going to be a real handful when you go into the juniors. And um, she was very disappointed, as was the whole England team. But Australia, they, they really, really deserved it. Another, another deserving victory. Yeah, I mean, they would have been strong favourites going in after the performance in the individuals. And I think anything other than Australia winning the cadet women's foil would have would have been considered a surprise, I think. No, no. I, but, the, you know, there was always that thing in the back of, the, of your mind about what happened to the Canadians in the men's foil, having yeah, got three of the four individual medals uh, going out in the uh, semi-finals to India. So there was n- there was none of that from uh, from Australia. They they took the time at the beginning, but it was the right thing to do. Uh, and and they were on top of the podium uh, in Newcastle on the last day of the cadet competitions and well-deserved. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. So last... Last cadet team event, last of the, the cadet events uh, for the championships. Cadet men's sabre, talk me through it. Yeah, yeah. so England, uh, top, yeah, England top seeds, uh, they uh, beat Canada 45-30, had a comfortable win for them um, uh, in the semi-finals. Scotland came through India 45-31, and that was a good victory for Scotland, I have to say. I mean, they're a really good team, very tall uh, athletes, the Scots. Um, yeah, big, big uh, but the right. Indians, we saw them in the sabre individual. Pretty, mm. pretty good team, the Indians, and they... Uh, uh, it's a comfortable 45-31 win. The Indians went on to take the uh, the bronze medal, winning 45-33. But before the start of the match, I know you've been watching some of this, uh, uh, you know, at the end of your working day. Um, mm. But you see the teams coming out and doing uh, a little sort of team salute before each match. Yeah. Um, I saw the Kiwis doing a little fencing's mini hacker, right. which was really, uh, really good. And every, everybody in the audience, uh, you know, went, what's that? And stopped and started watching what they were doing. So that was good. Uh, but the start of the uh, men's uh, team Sabre final and the, you know, the old rivals, especially in Sabre, you know you're going to get a big one when it's in England versus Scotland at the Commonwealth. Um, the Scots came out and their routine, I'm going to call it, was probably about four or five minutes long. Oh and the <laughs> English team looked <laughs> the English team were furious they were really <laughs> cross because it was they they were lap the scots were lapping up this, this little skit that they'd set up uh, and one, I, won't, I, won't, I won't spoil it too much but basically it was you know go back and watch it because it's funny um they uh they they did their version of the Icelandic football team's uh, rhythmic clapping yeah, yeah. Uh, in the clap, and everybody got behind it. It was really good, but the English did not start that match in uh, uh, in a good mood. Um, and actually, the little bit of brinkmanship and gamesmanship and uh, fun that the Scots put on actually, uh, I think, fueled England's fury. Um, and they came through the 
They came through the first three, 15-7 up, with Sam Freeman um, not able to score a hit against Sam Bourne. Um, and the English just went on from there. There was another zero on the uh, left-hand side of the score sheet for Freeman in his second fight mm. against Richards II, who was fencing, really, you know, his individual champion. He, he, he came to the piece to, with all the confidence you'd expect. Um, he was awesome. He was really good. In fact, all, all three of the, uh, the, the team from England were really, really good. Uh, and Thornley Bourne and Richards II uh, sealed a 45-28 victory with Mark Alvarez Perez coming on for Scotland for the anchor leg um, and, uh, you know, showed some real fighting spirit. 40-22 down going into the fight. He, he did not just give it hand over to England. He really battled hard. Uh, but the English were... Um, I hate to say it to a, a proud Scottish man like yourself. The, the English on the day were just better. Yeah, I must admit. I mean, looking at the looking at the team event, I thought Scotland had a real good chance of making the final, but uh, I did find it hard to see beyond England as the as the winners for the for the Cadet Men's Sabre team, and, and and so it turned out. I'm not claiming claiming any sort of great powers of uh, of foresight there. It was uh, was clearly a very strong team that would be. Uh, hard going for anyone anyone to beat in that event yeah they they, they were they were a real unit they were professional um and they uh they took a it was another another win that was uh deserving third, the third one of the day uh to finish things off and a big mighty crowd actually today absolutely packed out the juniors have started to arrive over the yeah. last 24 hours so uh the room's got a little bit warmer yeah that's a note yeah, for great. you to, yeah. them to bring bring shorts tomorrow um and uh, the, you know, and the atmosphere is you know, really building up, and there's a brilliant end to the, the cadet event. And um, <laughs> looking forward to the start of the juniors tomorrow. Yeah, it should. I mean, having got to the end of all the cadet events now, what would be your your highlight from the first half of the, the championship so far? Then, oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think that uh, the performance of the Australians today was really, really good, but I, I think really, I mean, it's a bit of an obvious one. Um, but the Indian, the, the Indian team as a whole across the disciplines we've seen have made uh, a giant leap forwards in terms of their uh, ability and talent and uh, ded- clearly dedication to the training. Um, and you have to say that Shantamol uh, is the star is the star of the show so far, uh, certainly from my point of view. Yeah. What about you? I've been well, plenty of games. You, you actually. I mean, I've been at a few Commonwealth Championships, uh, both at senior and at and junior and cadet level um and really this is the first time that an indian team is coming looking as something more than um cheerful participants and the fact that they they've stormed to two gold medals uh various other medals in individuals and teams i think is you know it's it's good for commonwealth fencing and it, it brings a real extra extra point of interest to the championship so I'd, yeah i think you're right it's going to be the uh, indian fencing generally with uh, with shantamal as the, as the spearhead for it yeah and the other the other thing about it is that and nick payne pointed this out yesterday during commentary is that, that with the the population that india have um if there's some momentum behind this this success at cadet level uh, they could quite easily become the new China or Korea. It'll take it a few years, but if they do get behind this uh, this this early success from these youngsters, um, they they could start challenging the senior level within the next decade. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, it's as you say, it's such a big population. You don't need to capture 
a huge percentage of that population to get to get a, a good number of fencers making up the the base of your pyramid uh, and with you know they show the same kind of work ethic that the the current cadet team is is clearly putting into the the work that they do yeah you're right i mean why why not yeah that's spot on it's, it's, uh, yeah, i can't really add to that it's exactly exactly how it could pan out for them if it all goes in the right direction yeah and talking of things that are are good for commonwealth fencing um we do have another interview uh i know i've been a bit patchy about doing this and i rather carelessly lose one from the very first day um but earlier on in the week um i caught up with the current president of the commonwealth fencing federation helen smith and here's what she had to say helen welcome to the podcast of the commonwealth fencing championships thanks very much for joining me today taking a bit bit of time out of your your busy days here um so i just wanted to ask you um about your role as the president of the commonwealth fencing federation well my role is uh as president um and a lot of um my i guess my the focus of the role is to liaise with uh different organizers of commonwealth championships believe me between one each of these events uh, events or before each of these events there's a lot of work that goes on behind in the background, liaising with the organisers and and the Commonwealth Fencing Federation. So um, we're trying to streamline it, and I think we have to uh, quite a lot over the last few years, and that uh, cuts the workload down. But there's always just things that arise along the way, and um, but it's worth it. So we don't mind. <laughs> Uh, is, with your role as the president of the Commonwealth Fencing Federation, um, how do you work with the is it Commonwealth Games Council? Uh, the Commonwealth Games Federation. Yes. No, we're um, oh, um, we are what is known as a recognised sport of the Commonwealth Games Federation. We used to be included on the games program up until 1970. Since then, we haven't been, but. Since 1974, we've had separate championships, always in the same year of the Commonwealth Games and usually in the same country where we can. So, for example, this year the Commonwealth Games were on the Gold Coast in Australia and we're having the um, Commonwealth, the Senior Championships, which was the original event in Canberra in November. Uh, so this year, these championships, the cadet and junior championships, as well as the senior and veteran championships, which are being held together at the end of the year in November, um, they've all been sanctioned by the Commonwealth Games Federation as well as by the International Fencing Federation. So the Commonwealth Games Federation is happy to see sports doing more um, for youth, doing more community-oriented, developmental-type things, more inclusive-type activities. So I think, um, you know, there's been a, a change from just this uh, view that Commonwealth Championships could only be the top-level, you know, uh, co competitors in a sport to more trying to um, uh, increase the relevance of the Commonwealth sport movement by um, being more inclusive and trying to make a difference in communities all over the Commonwealth. And we have many stories uh, in fencing. Say, for example, I could give one in Great Britain, you know, the um, uh, the Muslim Women Fence Program is one example, but there are many others. Uh, fencing for, the, for disabled, wheelchair fencing in many different countries around the world. Programs in Africa for kids who... Um, who come from, say, the townships in South Africa or uh, in other countries, say, Nigeria, um, where programs have been run for kids 
in fencing and to to give them an opportunity to compete in Olympic sports and to get them into sport. Um, so I think fencing has a good story to tell and as we're going forward, uh, we, the Commonwealth Games Federation will be asking recognised sports to show what they've got to offer and how they might argue to have a place again on the Commonwealth Games program, not as a fully-fledged 12-event program but, say, a couple of events that, for example, might include able-bodied fencing and wheelchair fencing, that sort of thing they would be very um, open to. So we are going to be, um, next year, they're going to call, or even later this year, actually, they're going to call for submissions from sports. So we'll be putting in a submission uh, for fencing and trying to come up with um, good ideas as to how we could, you know, offer something that is attractive to the Commonwealth Games sporting movement, Commonwealth sporting movement. Okay, so well, it's a busy rule. Covers a covers a, a very wide, a very wide remit. Um, uh, this is the first time that I've been to uh, Commonwealth Junior and Cadet Championships. Um, what, what are your impressions of of this version of the the Commonwealth Championships? Well, I always find it um, probably even more exciting than the senior and the veterans because the kids are just so enthusiastic and they come, they make friendships that'll, that will probably last a lifetime. It's even easier to sustain friendships uh, and relationships these days with social media and etc. But um, this is the sort of thing that keeps kids in our sport. You know, it's it's like a life-changing experience for many of them and they go back and they are even more passionate about continuing with fencing and they can see the scope of what's on offer so i think it's uh, it's always really exciting and I, I love it i think it's it's really great yeah it's, it's been a fantastic event I've, i mean i thoroughly enjoyed it and you know we're only only a couple of days into it and yeah. I've, been, I've been really impressed with the presentation the standard of fencing the the atmosphere amongst the, the competitors as well Yes, it's, uh, we have this, we always joke about the spirit of the Commonwealth, which is that friendliness, that not being so uh, absolutely pedantic sometimes about bending the rules slightly, that we can allow um, opportunities for as many people as possible to get as much out of the event as possible and to help each other out. You know, if someone doesn't have the right equipment or or um, might, you know, there may be something that interferes with their ability to get on time. Where we can, we will help them out. You know, we won't just uh, say, sorry, that's it, you're late or something. But uh, we actually make a real effort. And, and I think that spirit of the Commonwealth is a very important aspect of the Commonwealth Championships. Absolutely. Well, Helen, thanks very much indeed for, for your time today. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. So I really enjoyed that interview. I mean, I spoke to her a bit before the interview and a little bit afterwards, and um, it was really fascinating stuff about the the work that she does for the Commonwealth Fencing Federation and the work that the Federation itself does in the sport. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, she's she's a uh, very uh, you know another one of these extremely passionate uh, individuals when it comes to the sport. Uh, brilliant for the Commonwealth. Uh, federation to have her at the top uh, guiding the way and also hats off to the organizers here they've done a brilliant job uh roy clark um uh, has been running around uh on the field of play making things work uh chris hyde is uh running the show and they've done a great job along with beth davidson who's looking after the uh volunteers and i'm sure that helen would be impressed by uh, the output that uh those three and the entire team they lead 
uh, have put in here in Newcastle. The best, the best Commonwealth Championships uh, ever at senior or cadet and junior level for sure. Mm, yeah, uh, I would I would say actually a, a, a close second. Um, I would actually say that the senior Commonwealth in Inverclyde at Largs um, four years ago actually maybe even looked even better. But it's it's going to be a close run thing. But it was the same team, coincidentally enough, that were that were running that. Chris Hyden and Roy Clark putting in sterling work to 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 make a beautifully presented Commonwealth Championships, whether it's seniors, juniors, and cadets. So, Kareem, I think that just about wraps up for us for today. Thank you very much for finding a bit of time to to chat to me over Skype again. Um, it's the gala dinner for the athletes and families and volunteers and organisers. Uh, have you got your, your best party frock with you for that? <laughs> it's funny you should say that. The answer to that, the short answer to that is no. Uh, I did have a chat with uh, Chris earlier on. And he said, uh, no bother, because I came to this championship directly from an archery event I was commentating on in Berlin. And uh, much to my wife's disgust, I'm missing the first three days of the family holiday in Turkey. Uh, and uh, so I go straight from uh, here on Monday to Glasgow airport to join my family in Turkey. So I have got a month's worth of um, uh, shorts and T-shirts in my uh, <laughs> my suitcase. Uh, but he... I do have one pair of jeans and he's going to let me wear jeans. So uh, I better shut up and uh, get my jeans on and go over to the gala dinner because it starts in about half an hour. Oh, well, try to make yourself as presentable as possible and have a thoroughly good time. And um, I will be on my way to Newcastle shortly and I'll see you tomorrow. Excellent. Thanks, Sean. Okay, we'll see you then. Thanks, Kareem. Cheers, mate. Right. I, I assume.